I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh yeah, happy Friday. No agenda, no format. Time to grab your favorite drink and join us as we end the week right. We're going to nerd out. We're going to have some fun. Oh my gosh, we made an awesome, from scratch, Chicago deep dish pizza that I have to share with you. It's so good. Captain Hammerpants, by the way, posed an interesting question to us that we're going to chat about. I'm kind of excited to discuss this, so we'll see what happens. You know, plus the usual scuttlebutt. So let's hit record and let's see what happens. I swear, if we actually win this match, I will burn this pub to the ground. I will knock over a chair. I will channel my raging enthusiasm into ways to help my community. Let's rock it! I, like... <laughs> I, I'm not going to channel my enthusiasm into ways to help the community. I am going to burn this pub down. Because it's the real Brian show. <laughs> Woo, that's what Ooh, we're about. Burning yeah. it all down. Burn yeah. it all down. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. <laughs> it's so it's exciting to be day. here. It's yeah, opposite it's day. A, no, opposite day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you'd be kind of like, hey, you're an idiot. Uh, opposite day. Never mind. Look, yeah. I'm going to move my camera around like this. Ah, a little earthquake was, over here. Did you like that? That was pretty cool. I loved it. it was, Dude, I, well, just, I, I loved it, but this is opposite day. This is opposite day. So you remember in uh, Star Trek, you know, when they're like, oh, all hands abandon ship. All hands abandon. Okay, if you're watching YouTube right now, <laughs> you're, kinda, kinda you're like, this, oh, you know? <laughs> oh, 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 don't throw up. Don't throw up. Don't worry. We're here. We're having a good time. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I'm, this is not a full on recreation of, uh, oh, uh, nice Hooters I've got here. Uh, I'm not, it's not a full recreation of Chris's matcha drink, but it's close. I'm working on finding some inulin, which is that prebiotic stuff. Inulin. That sounds like a big pharma property. Yeah, inulin. It's, uh, it's prebiotic. Ask your doctor if inulin is right for you, Brian. <laughs> side effects may include death. Uh, as the early Severe warning nausea. sides of death are, uh, what was it? The early warning sides of death are a slight rotting smell, rigor mortis, occasional drowsiness. Early so, warning signs? Early warning signs of death. And by the way, if you experience these warning signs, you're, you're supposed to don't talk, don't attempt to drive or operate stay heavy machinery still. and stay still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was told. So I have my owl mug here for those of you who are listening going, what? what? Brian's what? His owl mug. So owl. I want inulin, which is that prebiotic that will go in there. We're trying to, you know, we're actually talking about that anyway. Like, can we get some prebiotic anyway for, you know, our gut, healthy gut? And then I'm going to try probiotic, some. probiotic, Brian? There's pro and pre. Oh, wait. Yeah, so what's prebiotic? I, I'd actually never heard that term. Yeah, uh, I can't go into the science of it right now without looking it up myself. But uh, probiotic is good and prebiotic is necessary for your probiotic to work correctly. Or You know, it's, it's absorption. Really? It's all about absorption. Yeah. And I you find a lot of prebiotics and vegetables and stuff like that. So most of no, us okay. get them anyway, unless you don't eat vegetables. But yeah, if you do, do like all probiotics and no prebiotics, then you don't absorb the probiotics correctly. So I didn't know thought, you're supposed to absorb probiotics. I thought they just kind of lived in your stomach. Yeah, yeah, but you want them to not just get passed through. Okay. Oh, so, okay, okay, okay. That's fair. I'm curious to read up a little bit more about it. I do know that prebiotics are, you know, that, that's the whole inulin thing. So I thought, okay, cool. I've got some yeah. monk fruit that I'm going to try as the sweetener in it. 
and I'm only going to do just a teeny bit because I don't want it too terribly It'll sweet. But and then I'll add my other stuff. But this is just some matcha right now. It's it's um it's a very simple. It's not the cool you know Chris Chris version. But anyway, it's going to be cool good Chris with version. my with my Hooter mug. Yeah, honk honk the owl the Hooter. All right, so uh, what are you drinking? So. I actually, I was looking for a new decaf. You know, I only drink decaf coffee now. I learned something when I was looking for this. One thing I learned, and I should have known this before, and I kind of did know this before, but I relearned it, is that best of uh, lists, like best rated lists that you look up, like say you want to look yeah. up the best rated such and such uh, mm-hmm. of 2022 or whatever. They're they're all different and they're all paid for. Mm. So yeah, I yeah. so I kind of just kind of threw a dart and picked a decaf that one site recommended as its number one. And it was um, kicking horse. Have you heard of that brand? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. So, yeah, so good. I said, I just, I just kind of like, I, I, I pulled the trigger. I bought a bag of kicking horse uh, coffee, a decaf coffee, and it was yeah. whole bean. It wasn't ground. Yeah. I think that's what uh, I'm drinking right so, now. Oh really? No, and not so, right you know, second, I, but I have a whole bag. Well, we, we had a whole bag of kicking horse decaf that got sent to us. And oh, so, yeah, I think it is actually that. Wait. Yeah, yeah probably like, the same oh. stuff. Yeah. So I, I ground it up nice and fine. I, I I brewed some up and it's it's actually quite good. I, I'm good. very happy with it. And and you know, but it is it is dark. But for yeah. me, you know, I'm not a coffee snob, if you will. And I use the word yeah, snob, like you know. I use the word snob in a nice way. Um but because I put cream and sugar in my coffee or yeah. cream and monk fruit, I should say. Uh, and so to me, Starbucks coffee tastes really good with cream and sugar. A lot of people who drink it black, they complain about Starbucks, you know, like you that's saying it's, it's tastes burnt or whatever. And I, I've heard that yeah. from other people as and well. And it is like literally burnt. Yeah. 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 But if you put cream and sugar in it, it's really good. It has this really good taste. Well, this, this kicking horse coffee reminds me of that. So yeah, that's good. I'm really enjoying the flavor of it with good. my cream and my monk fruit. And that's what I'm drinking. Well, Starbucks roasts very dark. And so for those of you who are like, oh, yeah, I want a strong coffee, you know, roast it strong. There's no such thing, actually. It's, <laughs> right. it's you know, we, we've said this before. But yeah, it's uh, the thing is, is the darker you roast any coffee bean, the more you're taking the actual unique flavor of that bean out of the equation. Because now you're, you're just getting the the charcoal flavor. And you're making the caffeine content less. Uh, I've yeah, heard lower so significantly. Yep. Uh, so the lighter brews are actually higher in caffeine. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you know, it, it's an acquired taste. I know a lot of people love their dark roast coffee. That's just what they grew up with. That's what they're, they're used to. And that's fine. Uh, the, the lighter roast is where you get all the flavor and you get more caffeine and all that. Like you just said, you know, and mm-hmm. honestly though, it depends on the coffee. That's the other thing too, is a lot of people are like, I just want everything dark and I shouldn't do that. And it, it really depends on like a Sumatra typically should be roasted darker versus like, you know, uh, some of the Ethiopian. Central American or African beans might be lighter depending uh, on, you know, what you like and the flavor profile and that kind of thing too. So that's the whole point. It's, it's, it shouldn't all be dark. It should be different. And, uh, but at the same time, yes, the kicking horse coffee, it's very dark, but it is good. In fact, I can tell you from my experience, having probably having very, it's probably the same coffee actually. Uh, the same uh, roast yeah. and everything. It's got a little moon on the thing on the front. Yeah, it, it's yeah. cool. I, it was nice. Uh, in fact, we got it. There, we we go through Thrive, by the way, which can send you certain groceries, you know, non-perishable. I think you can get perishable right. too, but they once in a while will send you free gifts. And that was one of the free gifts we got was a, a Sweet. bag of kicking horse decaf. And I was like, perfect. I, I, I was out of decaf. And so I was ready. So I've been drinking it. It's good. I would say, yes, it's definitely better than Starbucks. 
it's nowhere hey. near as bitter and Starbucks is bitter. It really is. But at the yeah. same time, I, I don't mind Starbucks as espresso. I enjoy it. Hey, and I like it. Hey, more. yeah, dude, I'm glad we're uh, hey. drinking some good stuff, man. Hey, hey, so uh, Pilates, hey. man, how many times have you gone now? What is it like four five, six, eight, twenty 20 times now? My better half and I have gone four times so far. Okay. And I got to tell you the last time, dude, you weren't kidding. I was both of us when we walked out of there, we could our leg, our upper, our, our hip, like the, the, our legs right around our hips were just wobbly, like jelly almost. Cause we were, we had yeah. been, we had been stretching and, and strengthening inner thigh muscles and stuff that we just don't, neither of us work out. And, and my wife does yoga. So she, yeah. she was better off than me, but I mean, even she was wobbly down there after that session and, and boy, it felt so good. Nice. It was so nice to, it's so nice to come out of a, a session like that feeling yeah. worked and, and especially it, in ways that you didn't plan. It's so interesting to me too. Like when I would go into the weight room, I would feel like I got a good workout, but I would not necessarily come out feeling better. And when I go to Pilates, I get a really good workout and I feel better afterwards. It, Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It, it's, it's either, maybe people. it's your posture or pres- well, I think it's a, I think it's because you're doing it correctly, you know? And in fact, there was something I was doing today even where, you know, she was looking at me and she's kind of like, hold on, hold on, let's do this. You're not doing the right, you know, you get to do it like this. And I was like, oh, now I feel it, you know, or she'll say, I need to lighten that because you're not keeping the right posture. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, it feels light to me. Yeah, but you're not doing the right posture. Right. Okay. So yeah. then she lightens it and I'm like, man, I'm weak, dude. But well, then I do the spring. right posture and then I went, oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. I wouldn't She know just that. didn't want you to break another spring, Brian. That's all there was to it. <laughs> still broken. Uh, yeah so uh oh but it's it's fun though but i'm glad you're getting i'm glad you're enjoying it yeah so far so good and uh and i also i bought a new scale because my 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 home scale is kind of crap uh so i bought a new scale and uh i'm very disappointed in this scale oh no it's okay you know why because you told me you were gonna buy one and then you said hey i didn't know what to buy so i just did something off of ratings right isn't that what you did yeah, yeah, Amazon I did ratings? the same thing. I did, I did yeah. the, I did this time. I did Amazon. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, you know, what's had the, the disappointment most... of it? Does it yell at you and say, "Hey, fatty no, or something? That would be cool. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's a dis. It, I'm disappointed because I realize that different scales all, all measure different weights. Now, hopefully, they all measure weight relative to themselves. So, like for example, when I, when I had been measuring my own weight for the last month and a half or so as I counted calories and whatnot, and it was, it was coming down steadily, and I was very happy with that. Then when, I went, when they weighed me uh, before Pilates last week uh, for a fitness assessment, I was even less weight. I, I'd gone down another like four or five pounds, and I was like, there's no way because I, I knew that their scale read weight differently than my scale at home. But this new scale I just got, reads weight differently again, except it's way higher than the other two scales. Oh, so, so I went from, so I don't, so it's kind of like starting over again, even though I yeah. know I've made progress over the last uh, month and a half, when you get a new scale and it, and it tells you that you weigh this much when you thought you made less than that, mm-hmm. it's, it's a downer. It's, it's a Debbie downer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, so now I have, so I have this new baseline that I got to start measuring from and, and I'm, I'm just kind of irritated because you know, my, my calorie counting app is all off now. My spreadsheet's off. It's, it's all off. Is so it it's though? like starting okay. over. But the thing is, is that you're saying, okay, well the scale measures it differently. So, okay. New baseline. Hey, look, I made progress here. All right. Cut. Here's the new baseline. And then you say, well, this scale is putting me at whatever it is. 
even though the other one put me down here, it doesn't matter. Now we're rendering yeah. the, the results now. Intellectually. I, yeah, I know, but it's I, I know, I know like, it, but, but emotionally <laughs> on the surface, my brain's going, Oh dude, it makes you want to go eat. Now chocolate. I'm, now I'm this weight again when I thought I was that weight a month and a half ago. So it's donut time. Uh, not quite. So I, 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 I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to lose heart, but that was very disappointing when I got that new scale. So, you know, though you're right. They, they do things differently, sadly. And that's the problem. And it's funny, even at the gyms I would go to for a while, they, I'd go to different scales. They'd both be complete exact same schedule or scale, by the way, same brand and everything, totally different weight. And it was off by like five pounds too. It wasn't even like, you know, a pound or something. And you just kind of go, okay, well this one tells me I'm five pounds heavier than that. I don't know. I always went with the one that I felt was the most stable. You know, the mm-hmm. other one was a little more wobbly. So I just, oh, I, yeah. and this is one of those big standing ones, you know, right? where you slide right. the thing across. Oh yeah. The, see the, the manual see ones. That? I feel like the manual ones have got to be the most accurate because they're using a yeah, weight. You think they're so. They're using weights that are, that are, that are measured to be a certain, you know, Mm-hmm. heft and etc so when you're balancing that with that manual scale i just don't want to have one of those in my office that's all i don't want one of well, those and the big. only other option is a digital scale so yeah yeah you go with what you can i mean the other thing that we i know a lot of people do this well they'll, they'll test their body mass index the bmi yeah. and i know that most of the time that's very inaccurate and you know you got to have the right kind of machines for that there's like a an, what is it, an immersion kind of thing where you actually lay in water and that will give you right. a more accurate thing Wait, wait, and, and it includes body fat percentage when you do that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Muscle percentage oh. and everything. Uh, right. Also percentage percentage. Uh, just in case you're, I was thinking perfatage muscle perfatage. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, a machine at our, one of our doctor's offices and all that, that is, eh, you know, it's still not the full immersion thing, but she said that our, our PA said that it's about as accurate as you can get short of going into like, you know, the full immersion kind of thing and all that. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go in for a baseline here actually in a few weeks and just kind of see where I'm at, what's going on. I, I did it pre COVID. I haven't done it in a long time, so we'll see what happens, but well, that was your baseline then this will be a follow-up. Well, no, cause I gained a lot of weight during COVID <laughs> and then I've lost some sense and I've gained a lot of muscle since oh. last year that I lost all through COVID too. So right. it's like, uh, she basically said, we're starting over. We're going to see, okay, this is where you were in 2019. This is where you are now, but here's our baseline yeah. now. And then we're going to work towards doing that. I don't know, dude. Right, it's funny enough. that we've talked about health a lot the last few weeks, but I think it's good because yeah. it's a good, uh, it's a good accountability, man. I'm, I'm finding myself uh, making Chicago deep dish pizzas, which is yeah, not good for the health, but I'll tell you what, oh. um, it was a, f- here's the thing though. It's, it's, it's Dude, fine to moderation. do stuff like that on the weekends and have a good time and all. And then during the week, it's like, okay, let's eat healthy. Let's try to keep it right to the point. And you know, like over the yeah, weekend, and when- I, I was like, ah, I don't really want to do a cold shower. I want to do a warm one today. And I did, and I didn't care, <laughs> right. you know? And, but now I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to, but actually today it felt good to, to do like a, a hot and then it just got colder, colder, colder. And it was really cold by then. And it felt good, you know? So Whatever. So one thing I'm realizing during this whole health experiment of mine uh, is that you you can totally I'm I'm reminded I should say that you can totally go nuts on certain foods like your deep dish pizza etc. You just just don't don't go nuts for like several days in a row. Like That's, have a piece yes. of deep dish pizza yep. uh, on Saturday and then again on Sunday for the evening. But then don't yeah. snack a lot and don't add to it. 
just uh just yeah. make it a standalone part or and and you or have some vegetables vegetables are really low in calories and of course they're good for yeah, you of course um so i mean you can have all these horrible things for you in in moderation you can do yeah. it yeah just don't do it every day that goes back to eat healthy and eat the freaking cookie right so booyah exactly. yeah i love it all right let me tell you about this this deep dish pizza dude so yeah. you know we as we discovered we have a giordano's here which you knew or why well, we didn't know other people knew but anyway so right. went there, you know, it was good. And then I was on YouTube for some reason doing something else. And I, I came across this guy who does a bunch of stuff, but he had a Chicago deep dish pizza recipe from scratch. And I thought, let's just watch this. I have to see. So he says, you know, I'm from Chicago and, you know, I, I know all the, the really famous ones out there. And he listed all of the ones that, you know, we have heard of and some of the local ones, by the way. And he said, this is along the lines of what a quality local deep dish pizza would be um, oh, nice. but using the butter crust which is very famous that you know Giordano's does as well um, right. but it's its own thing and I mean apparently a lot of them do that and then what I didn't know and again I'm not I'm not from Chicago so I don't know this but it was interesting that apparently sausage is huge for for Chicago deep dish pizzas I well, mean it's the, like pounds sausage of sausage king of Chicago Brian you remember oh, Paris, yeah, that's right? right he's dashingly <laughs> handsome so <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Well, and so this guy's like, how make your own sausage from ground pork. Okay. Make your own dough from scratch. Get, oh, and this one, this one's interesting. You know how, when you get mozzarella, almost all of the mozzarella out there is part skim. I don't know if you've noticed I, that. Yeah. I, I almost never buy mozzarella, so I never noticed that, but go okay. ahead. But most, most is like you get a, a standard mozzarella. It's part skim, you know, and it's actually most skim and part, whatever he said, yeah. you need a full fat mozzarella in order to get the rich flavor and you know the the, the stretch of the cheese and everything right okay so i thought oh sense. okay yeah we'll just do that and we went and found one at whole foods and i i, I ate a bite of it and i was like oh my gosh this is <laughs> i've never had full fat mozzarella in my life i mean never i didn't know well, that I'm a, I'm a cheese nerd dude and i have never had that and i'm just like Oh my gosh, this is a flavor that I had. Oh, I mean, it was an experience. If you've never had full fat mozzarella, you need to go out, like just pause the show, <laughs> go buy some right now, come back and eat it while you're, oh my gosh, it That's was awesome. amazing. Um, good to know. Highly That's recommended. Really good to know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, it's glorious. Glorious. I'm not surprised because, you know, like when, when, you know, I, I've gotten used to skim milk in my smoothies, but when I switched to even 1%, in my, like yeah. if, if skim milk, if they're out of skim milk at the grocery store and yeah. I switched to 1% for a week, it's, it's, you can tell yeah. just that little bit of fat content. You can really take your taste buds immediately catch onto it. So it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing was making the sauce from scratch too, and, and not using an actual store bought. Like, you know, I usually buy a, a sauce and then Jeez. add to it. And this was like, you know, tomato paste and onions so that and was garlic and butter to start it. And then you add like crushed tomatoes to it and then the seasoning and everything else to it. I mean, it was completely so was from day. scratch. Yeah, it was. And what's interesting too is, you know, with, with dough and yeast and stuff, you have to let it rise. And thankfully this was only, I'm doing air quotes here, two and a half hours of rise time. But some of the pizza doughs are up to 24 hours of rise time. Isn't that crazy? So, why are they so different? Why? I, don't I mean, know. I, I understand fun. there are different, different recipes for doughs, but why would some take 24 hours and another one takes two hours? I don't get that. I don't know enough about that to know, but yeah. somebody does. But it worked yeah. the two and a half, you know, so it's like it's 90 minutes out it rises and then you form it into the actual dough ball and then you stick it in the fridge for another 60 minutes. And then, and you know, it's interesting that, so it's a butter crust. So, I mean, it's actually using like flour and cornmeal and 
salt and it's got some sugar for the yeast and stuff. And then you actually chop up butter. And, and of course we use Kerrygold, so it's grass fed, but it's that really right. dark yellow butter. It's awesome. Oh, and cool. then you, you put it in a, a, what is it? A food mixer blender thingy, uh, chopper food processor. There you go. And it just really makes it nice. And so the butter's marbled like little pellets kind of their pebbles. And so it's distributed nicely. And so that's what creates that glorious flavor, but putting it in the refrigerator, you need to get the butter hard again so that it's not melting. It was fascinating. And then you're, and I remember this. So my first job was pizza hut. I worked there for a summer and I remember, you know, the, the pan pizzas, you would put oil and of course you're putting like crap they floated in oil. oil. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'd float the, the stuff in the oil to fry it. And right. so this is similar, except in this particular situation, you're using olive oil instead of like, you know, canola oil, castor or oil yeah. or motor oil right. or whatever the heck pizza. <laughs> yeah. You're using <laughs> it was good oil. though. Oh, man. Holy yeah. cow. Was it good? It was some, it's so bad for you. But yeah, the olive oh, yeah. oil, then you, you know, you coat the pan. Actually what we did is a cast iron skillet, which was oh. cool. So you just kind of coat it. And then you put the dough and then you, you know, you put it up like a pie crust, like up on the sides. And then you just, you put the cheese on and then you put the sauce. No, I'm sorry. The cheese, then the sausage. And then I I put in some pepperoni and and mushrooms as well. And then you put the sauce on top and that's that traditional. Right. And the sauce kind of like holds it in. But what's cool about the cast iron skillet is that it's an equal heating because it just like warms the whole thing up. And so it's completely distributed heat and it cooks for about 40 minutes. See, I always, I'm always paranoid. I'm always paranoid about cast iron skillets uh, because I don't want things to stick to them. Uh, I'm, I'm very big on no stick skillets, like uh, you know, with, with the you know the most skillets you buy would have that coating on them where it, oh, it, like Teflon, it, it, Teflon or similar coating, yeah, yeah. Which and so cast iron does poisonous it. for us, by the way. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but uh, cast iron doesn't have that, and so I never cook with my cast iron skillet because of I don't want because the stuff I cook with a skillet sticks to it. But yeah, you manage to avoid that with it, the pizza. It sticks, but you can scrape it off, and it's fine. And then. Part of the the glory of a cast iron skillet is that it maintains that flavor, you know, like it's, it's supposed to, I don't even know. I don't think you, I don't think you're supposed to clean them with, with, um, soap actually, hmm. uh, which cool. I've never done. Mine's I, ruined a long time ago then. <laughs> I think it's just like hot water. You scrape it, you scrub it, and then you, you turn it on the heat again to heat it. But I don't think you, I've never done it with soap. I don't think you're supposed yeah. to see huh. now, now I'm. Second guess myself. I've just used anyway. mine wrong for years and I don't use it very often. So it's totally worth it if you get a chance. And yeah. you know, a lot of it too with the cast iron is that um, you know, put something in it, like butter or oil and you know, whatever you're cooking. But anyway, yeah. let's just say that, you know, this recipe was so good. Let me just say that this is probably the best deep dish Chicago pizza I've ever had. And That's awesome. granted, I'm I've impressed. only had three, like I've had Giordano's, Lou Malnati's, and someone else that I can't remember the name of in Chicago. I haven't yeah. had all of the ones that some people would recommend, but the flavor was amazing. The only thing that I would do is cut down on the salt. It was okay. too salty for my tastes. I like more flavor and less salt. Okay. Um, but yeah. other than that, I mean, the the crust was like, it it was flaky and had like a slight crunch, but it melted in your mouth at the same time too. Wow. And it was just yeah. beautiful flavor. The cheese was incredible. I mean, the sauce, I, I love my sauces. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've made some of the perfect spaghetti sauce ever, but getting a pizza sauce is a little different, but it was so good. I can't, I can't even. Hold. Hey, did, did, did Miss Light help you bake that or oh, yeah. was that oh, all yeah. you? Okay. No, no, no. That was definitely a lot of her. That was like, a, she's day, that was like a day long. It was a big date. You know what we did? Is, you guys. I actually had a massage that day for the first time and, and I needed a therapeutic 
uh, on my neck. I was having some neck issues from something. I don't know what it was. I think I tweaked it and then I was doing something else. And so I got my neck work done, which isn't exactly fun or relaxing, but it was, oh man, it was beautiful. Like afterwards, I'm like, I feel so much better now. And then we're like, hey, let's go. We discovered a new coffee shop. Never heard of it. Apparently they've been around since 2017. Didn't know. Um, (laughs) It was awesome. It was like this really cool kind of, I don't even know how to describe the vibe, but it was a really cool place. And they had this coffee called, well, they called it the smoky something, smoky mocha. And when I okay. think of smoky mocha, my first thought is, does it have liquid smoke in it? Right. You know, um, and there was another place that even did a little the, bit, the campfire latte or the campfire mocha. And I'm thinking it's going to have liquid smoke. And it was a right. s'mores. And I thought, well, why don't you just call it a s'mores mocha or a s'mores latte? It was like, we got, we got a graham cracker and, you know, marshmallow. That's s'mores, dude. That's not camp. I mean, it's a, at a campfire, but so I said, what makes it smoky? Yeah. And they said the paprika. And I'm like, eh, not really. So oh, what's cool okay. though, is that it's like super, super dark chocolate, almost baking chocolate. Mm. And it's mostly that. And then you add whatever milk you want. And then they have some espresso in it. And then they have uh, oh, it's a black salt, which I've n- never heard of. Me neither. And it's, it's sprinkled on the top. So it's got that black salt. Where does that come from? The dead sea or something like that? I wonder, I don't know where they get this, but it, it could, I wonder if it's a truffle salt or something. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's a good question. I'd never heard of it. So I was like, well, I got to look it up now. But what's cool about it is that when you get your first taste, it's like you get that really dark, rich chocolate and salt and with a, with a hint of espresso and it's barely sweetened at all. And so oh, I yeah. thought, well, this is kind of fun. Sarah didn't like it as much, but I loved it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I want to try though. I want to try making some different coffee drinks, but I want to create a smoky one and I want to get, they've got liquid smoke at one of the spice shops here and I want to get just a teeny bit and I just want to go like drip, you know, and just yeah, try you only want to do a drip yeah, and try it. Cause I, I'm minimal. a little skeptical about adding liquid smoke to any coffee drink, but then again, I've I'm not as, before. not as uh, adventurous as you. So yeah, yeah, no, there was one shop that did it many years ago and they called it the smoky bear and it was the only okay. time they ever did it and it had liquid smoke and it was like the first drink. You're kind of like, what the, and then the second drink, you're like, oh, this is so fascinating. It's just, it, it's an experience, huh. you know? That's yeah. what I love. It's fun. Yeah. So yeah, and then we we got the ingredients we didn't have after that, after the, the date at the coffee shop came home and we just had a date of, you know, trying to figure out how to make a deep dish pizza. It was really fun. It was a fun evening. That fun sounds day. like a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I'm dude. jealous. I'm, I'm impressed and jealous at the same time. So. Well, you're closer to Chicago, so you could, you could try we're, it sometime. I'll get you the recipe. We are, we're just a few hours from <laughs> Chicago. That's yeah. true. We're like five hours away. So yeah. Hey, one, one thing, quick reminder. So I know we said that uh, the interviews were going to start this week, this current week that we're in right now, Vincent was going to come on. And, and if you missed it and you didn't catch this, he had reached, he reached out and said, you know, Hey, can, can you push it to May 2nd? That's when the book actually comes out. And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem, man. So Vincent and the interviews are officially starting. I mean, the episode's done and ready to go. I'm just waiting, right. you know? So this upcoming Monday, May 2nd, definitely that's going to release. And then we're going to be doing it, you know, like I said, twice a month and that kind of thing. So stay tuned cool. for that. we got more interviews coming up and then I hope you enjoyed our review of moon Knight which we did. And we're going to be doing uh, Picard this next week. We, we haven't really talked about Picard yet season two. Season and so two, yep. we're going to, we're going to get into that one on, on this next Tuesday. And then yeah, yesterday, dude, I did, I did the whole lightsaber review and stuff. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that. I've got more reviews coming up again every Thursday, but just remember, and that's the big thing is that the Tuesday and the Thursday. So the, the movie and TV show reviews and the, the product reviews are going to be only on the YouTube channel. So again, if you've not already subscribed, please go there. YouTube.com slash the real Brian links are in the show notes and all that. So just make sure to go do that because you don't want to miss those. 
Oh my gosh, good times, but good. good. Okay, so here's some excitement, and we're going to chat about this, and this is probably going to take the rest of the episode, actually. But we, <laughs> we yeah, we, we had an interesting question posed to us from Captain Hammerpants, and I want to say thank you, Captain, for, by the way, Captain, uh, well, hold on, let me let me show. So, Another you know, the, the TR... The TRB thing that I'm pointing out over here, if you're on the YouTube channel, I'm right there. Anyway, he did that whole laser etched, the real yeah. Brian show. You've got one behind you. Yeah, right there. It's yeah, just I, not lit up because it looks bad on my camera. Yeah, the camera, unfortunately. But I have it lit up, up all day, every day. Yeah, it's cool. Otherwise, says with Captain Influence on it, it's really right. neat. Yeah, but it's awesome. He's done so many things and he's been listening to the show again. Thank you, Captain Hammerpants. Uh, we got two captains here, but that's what I love. So he posed a question and uh, Captain Influence, why don't you tell us what Captain Hammerpants asked us? <laughs> <laughs> so from one captain to another, uh, he was wondering, he thought this would be an interesting thing to discuss on the show. What modern musicians do we think could become like the Rolling Stones and have a wildly successful career spanning six decades? Mm, so this year question, marks man. 60 years since the Rolling Stones started Dude, recording music. And that's performing. so 60 years? Yeah, 60 years. And not only that, uh, uh, I was listening to, to another podcast recently and, and they went to a Stones concert and it was, I mean, he, just could, he gushed about it, how awesome it was. I mean, yeah. there's just how, how vital they still are at that age, especially Mick Jagger. I remember hearing about crazy. them before their first album dropped, you know, and they were just kind of, you know, these little punks, you know, and, you know, and then and remember, their first album yeah, came out and... I, I've been around for a lot longer than that. I remember when Mozart was getting famous, but Hey, there was something that went around a while ago about, you know, in our generation, a lot of our generations. So whether you're boomer X, Y, well, I guess millennial, you know, the pre 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. We grew up with the whole people are famous and you know, we, we love our movie stars and our, our music stars and that kind of thing. Gen Z didn't care about that as much. Right. They, they, I mean, they know, but well, they might know about them. They might not. That's the thing. Um, I find that a lot of Gen Zers and even young millennials are kind of like stuck in a bubble. They don't know much beyond their years, which is interesting. Like if you were to bring up the Rolling Stones, some people are literally going to have no idea who you're talking about. And which I find interesting because I feel like almost everybody on the planet knows who the Rolling Stones are. When Captain Hammerpants asked this question, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't really think that I was qualified to answer this specifically because none of the modern musicians I follow and know or know about are crazy popular enough to qualify. I just don't think any one of them could possibly really, they just don't, I don't see how they could hit the superstardom that the Rolling Stones did and then maintain it for 60 years. Can uh, I, I mean, I suppose someone like maybe Ed Sheeran uh, could come close, even mm. though I know next to nothing about Ed Sheeran. I've never even heard an Ed Sheeran song in my entire life. So speaking of bubbles, yeah, what what modern music allows for us and uh, that we didn't have available before the internet and before the last 15 years or so, the sheer quantity of different musicians you can listen to. Yeah, and the personalization. Um, like you make yeah. music your own now instead right. of what a radio station yeah. tells you to listen to or show, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. So so we all are able to to put this musical bubble around us and only listen to what we're interested in. And sometimes something new and interesting will filter through, filter its way through that bubble. But for yeah. the most part, we we just we like what we, we know what we like, and we listen to just that. So that bubble, I think, might be part of you know it's going to be a big part of this discussion because I don't know. I, I think that 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 phenomenon is automatically going to limit the sheer magnitude of fame that 
Yeah. The Rolling Stones, for example, and, and they are the best example, uh, have well, enjoyed for so many decades. Yeah. Let's look at what the music industry was back then. You know, it was, yeah. I don't think there's been more musicians today than there were back then. It's just that you had a few radio stations, a few TV stations, and you had your radio producers and, you know, record producers and all that. I mean, um, yeah. And those guys would go out and they would seek out talent and they would find it. And then they would come out for a way to brand them and market them. And then, you know, the radio stations would then play them. And that's how most people discovered their music back then was yes. through radio stations. That was the only way they could do it really. Virtually, or it yeah. was something like an Ed Sullivan show or some kind of a variety show like that, where they would right. get featured. And then all of a sudden everybody knew about them. Fast forward to today because of the internet and social media and all that, all, all of a sudden musicians are now famous anywhere and they've got their own niche bubbles and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I look at, in fact, I look at the stuff that I listen to and it's like, there are a lot of artists on my list that I consider to be fantastic. Right. Maybe, maybe they would become popular. Maybe they would go somewhere. But the reality is, is that, and, and by the way, I look at that. Well, they got, you know, 23 million listens a month. That's a lot of listens, you know, right? but they still don't have that stardom and that um, recognition that, Someone like the Rolling yeah, Stones or the Beatles would have or something like that. recognition, yeah. yeah. There's no need for that anymore. Radio stations don't show, I mean, they're trying to still, you know, showcase music for us, but let's be honest, how many of us actually really truly listen to a radio station by choice these days? A lot of people are like, well, it's all I've got in my car. Okay, but that is that your choice or is that because you have nothing else? Or, well, I listen right. to it at work. Well, did you choose that or did somebody else? So a lot of people less I know. That's all the time. Yeah, they don't listen to radio anymore. And so how right. do you discover your music? Well, I discover it on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon or whatever. And that's how I find my music too these days. And I'm finding artists that, you know, 20, 30 years ago would be considered indie artists or coffee shop artists. But now they have a chance and they're popular and they do their own thing. But there's so many of them. And so how would you even have an opportunity for someone like anyone to become the next Rolling Stones or Beatles. It's quite possible, if not probable, that some of the artists that we, that we all know these days, or that, that some of us know these days, I should say, are going to have 60 year long, you know, careers that, that sure. are very productive. Yeah. But they, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm skeptical that any of them could possibly have, and it doesn't matter who they are, could possibly have the, the sheer weight of fame and like, like the Rolling Stones are like, and I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan. I, I appreciate them. And I used to listen to them once in a while, but they aren't part of my, I don't have any Stones music in my, in my Spotify mixes or anything like that. Yeah. But they're like this, they're like this huge avalanche from way back in the mid 20th century. That's just still, that's still rolling down the mountain. Yeah. And, and I just don't, I just don't know that it's possible for that to happen. And it may not. I mean, it may not be possible for a long, long time. Uh, don't say it never because yeah. there's, there's a lot of time ahead of us, hopefully. And but, I, uh, I, I agree because I think that, again, back in the day, it was a captive audience. You had, yes, like I said, you had radio stations, you had TV shows. I mean, you did not have a lot of other options out there, course, really. Yeah. And so you were a captive audience. And so you were told who would become famous. And so it became a household name and it was repeated and, that's just what you had. And so any of us that, that grew up really before the internet age, that's, that's oh. what we were told. And now you look at today and it's like, it, that kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. You're, you're not, there's no captive audience anymore, really. And so if somebody right. wants to say, 
hey, uh, Lil Nas X or Billie Eilish, you know, this is your household name and these two are going to go the next 60 years. Hey, you need to listen to them. People are like, eh, I'm going to go over here and do this because I don't need you to listen so. to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So all forms of entertainment these days, we have so much variety to choose from. There's yeah. so much out there for anyone really to, to watch and enjoy if they, if they just, you know, pick and choose what they want. The entertainment industry in general allows us to live in this little bubble of our, of our own making. It might be a phenomenon that's had its time. And, and yeah. as soon as Mick Jagger and, and, um, and friends die, you know, Keith Richards, I can't believe Keith Richards is still alive, honestly. Uh, as soon as they die, and that's, it's coming soon, as soon yeah. as they pass, that, that it, it'll be the end of an era, I think. Yeah. I mean, so. No, I mean, I think you're right because um, even these days, you're seeing a lot of, of like YouTube and TikTok stars that would never have happened you know, back then it just never, those right. people never would have had that opportunity. No, no, they, they, they would not have gotten their foot in the door with the radio stations or the music producers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you even look at how they did it with the Beatles and the stones, you know, the Beatles were the clean cut. Well, so first of all, apparently they didn't start off that way. You know, they were doing their music and right. stuff. And so their producer came through and cleaned them up, you know, where you're going to yeah. wear matching suits. You're going to get your hair cut, you know, and you're going to, you're going to bow in sync at the end of your, concerts and so that created the whole oh we love the Beatles they're respectable and they're professional and they're clean and this is the way musicians should be because that's the way it was you came from Frank Sinatra and some of the you know Nat King Cole and some of those guys and then you think about oh well here here we've got the Rolling Stones and interestingly before and this is what I was I was saying you know um, when I when I heard about them before their music came out before their music became popular they created an image for the Rolling Stones they said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to make you guys the anti Beatles and we're going to make you rebellious. And so they, they showed them like peeing outside at a gas station, like on the pumps <laughs> and uh, saying things, inappropriate things like, which kind of shocking back in the sixties, you know, the early sixties, yeah. they're saying things that are just now being like, Oh, whatever it's mainstream today. Mm hmm. But I mean, man, back in the sixties, that kind of thing, you didn't say that it was, it was crude stuff back then, you know, it's it's still crude, but it was, you know, really crude back then. And so people hated them. They're like, oh my gosh, this band is horrible. And you know, we should never allow this. Older people did. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, but then they came out with their music and their music was catchy, of course. And it, it went going, but that was their whole point is that they created this, they shot, it was a shock value basically is what it was. And so I was, I was thinking about this, that. You know, when, when somebody comes in, in fact, a lot of people will say, well, I know a lot of musicians or I know a lot of YouTubers or a lot of podcasters that have these really, really wonderful, whatever things they're producing yeah, and they're not and, famous. And, and that's quite they're never famous. true. And then right. you've got these people that are really, really famous and they're not that good. And so that can happen too. Yeah. It happens a lot. In fact, that's mostly what's going on right now is why is this person, you know, have 20 million followers and why, and they're not that good. And this person has like 20 followers and they're really amazing. What's going on. Well, and so it's what, also subjective. It's hard to, I mean, it's hard to even make that statement, but I, well, I understand. Yeah, but what, what's actually happening is that it doesn't matter how good your, your content is or your act is or whatever it is. It's how your story is being told. And how so popular you are. It's the idea of get someone's attention and get somebody talking. Does it have to be shock value? Maybe. But the whole point is, is that it's not about how good you are. It's about how quickly you can grab somebody's attention and get them to talk about it with someone else. And then it starts to spread. So that's what happened with the Rolling Stones. 
Mm. And that's why they're so popular is because it got the story going. You know, of course we don't even think about that kind of thing today, but you talk about some of the top YouTubers, there's something they did. You talk about a little Nas X was actually another example of somebody who's like, Hey, I'm a rapper, but I'm going to team up with Billy Ray Cyrus and I'm going to do country rap combo that no one had done before. (laughs) And he's going to do all this weird stuff. And all of a sudden he's, you know, so it's, is he any better than anyone else? No, but you know, he got people talking. And so, so I think, can we have another Rolling Stones phenomenon? Personally, I don't think we ever can again. I think the days of that are over because of the way that things are going today. Can we have Rolling Stones level fame right now? Yeah. In fact, I think we're seeing that, but with a lot of people, but will they become household names and will they continue to be doing this stuff 60 years from now? I don't think so. I don't think people with as fast as things are going with as much content and information and musicians and movies and TV shows. And I mean, we're, we're bombarded with stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to forget about a lot of these artists in the next five, 10 years, because there are just going to be too many new ones coming out. Right. That that's the crux. That's the crux of it is the volume of, of, of artists and talent out there right now is so overwhelming all over the globe. And I mean, individuals can get popular. Uh, they don't even need record companies anymore. Obviously, it's been that way for a while now. Yeah. Uh, that it's so overloaded that, I mean, it's just it's kind of like a light pollution in the sky. You can't see the stars. Yeah. Anymore yeah. because there's so much light around. You know, it's a really so, good point. Yeah. So I I think the the, I would agree. the takeaway from this is that it's a really cool time for us as consumers and also as as artists is that you have an opportunity that you never had back then. Right. But also as consumers, we have more to choose from than we've ever had in the past. You know, we don't have to wait for a DJ to tell us what to listen to. And on the other hand, we have so much information and content that it's overwhelming and it's stressful and it's an anxiety inducing that I think we need to regulate ourselves and balance it to not get too overwhelmed either. Cause it's easy to be like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't keep up with all my shows. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you there. Yeah, that, that, in that regard, I can relate. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, thank you. I, I see. This is by the way. Here's a perfect example of what we like is if you have something that you're like, hey, Brian, Captain, talk about this. Like, here's a here. Yeah. Duran Duran is neither a Duran nor a Duran. Discuss. You know, <laughs> give us a topic before you become verklempt and and seriously let us know because I would love yeah. I love this kind of stuff. Send us an idea and we'll be like, hey, let's let's chat about it. I, I love this stuff. Awesome, dude. And I know that we are music experts and we're experts on, you know, humanity and the way things are going to go and, you know, all that. Uh, oh, at yeah. least that's the scuttlebutt anyway. So that's what yeah. I heard. Well, you know, speaking scuttlebutt, of scuttlebutt, I've a, always wondered. Interesting word, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I love that word. It's one of those hilarious words like chortle scuttlebutt. and uh, scuttlebutt. I just love saying scuttlebutt. You know, it's an old, it's an old Navy, uh, not even a Navy, it's a sailing term. You know, what's the scuttlebutt? Uh, yeah, and I it, wanted to know well, what the origin is, Captain. What is it? So, it sounds nautical at least. I mean, scuttle, you know, you scuttle a ship, uh, yeah. you sink a ship. Uh, but I never, I never put two and two together with the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the maritime origins of the word scuttlebutt, but well, until I don't now, know about the maritime origin. I just know that they said it a lot in the maritime well, water, the maritime and universe. I <laughs> and I didn't know that. So, so I looked into it and here's what I found. So from worddetective.com, this was the best explanation I got. Uh, Today, we use the term scuttlebutt to mean rumors, gossip, or insider news, especially of the sort that circulates within an organization, whether a corporate office or a military unit. Uh, It's the sort of talk that stereotypically takes place when office workers encounter each other at the water cooler or a coffee machine and Mm -hmm. trade news and complaints about the latest depredations of management. 
it's appropriate. <laughs> it's appropriate that the term scuttlebutt, I, I know you all think of the office, right? Hey, it's, it's appropriate that the wow, term, happening. or rather not, not the office. We think of, um, we think of office space and the that, office. Yeah. It's appropriate that the term scuttlebutt is used for this social ritual because the scuttlebutt aboard, aboard a sailing ship in the 18th century was essentially the ship's water cooler. Really? Yeah, That's so it was a thing. It was, it was a scuttlebutt, a cask oh of drinking gosh. water, a cask of drinking water kept on the deck for use by the crew. It was called a scuttlebutt. As in modern offices, the ship's scuttlebutt was where you heard the news of the day and traded the latest gossip. So the there's butt, the maritime yeah. thing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Cool. See, I knew it was, but I didn't know why. Okay. Cool. Right. So, and, and I didn't know this either. The butt, as in quote unquote, the butt in scuttlebutt is simply a very mm. old English word meaning cask or barrel. Okay. So the scuttlebutt was originally scuttled butt, and it's hyphenated, scuttled butt, from the verb to scuttle, meaning to cut or bore a hole in something. Oh. Uh, specifically to cut a hole in the hull of a ship in order to sink it, yeah. as I mentioned. Uh, originally, any opening or hatch on a ship was called a scuttle, possibly drawn from the French escuti, which means hatchway. Um, in, the, in the case of the scuttlebutt water cast, the scuttle was a covered hole in the top that and the top of the barrel that opened to allow sailors to scoop out water in a tin pot. Mm -hmm. So a scuttlebutt was simply a butt with a scuttle in the lid. Of course. There you go. Nice. So the term scuttlebutt first appeared in print in the literal water cooler sense uh, around 1801. Okay. Although the term was almost certainly in use among sailors long before then. Yeah. Its first appearance in print in the gossip sense was just about a hundred years later. So early 1900s. Uh, originally the, in the form of, quote, scuttlebutt gossip or, quote, scuttlebutt yarns, unquote. Okay. The use of the term definitely increased during World Wars One and Two, and civilian use became widespread in the, 19, spread in the 1950s. <sighs> and this makes, this makes perfect sense because yeah. during World War One and Two, it was the, by far the largest mobilization of naval personnel in human mm -hmm. history yeah. on, on, all over the world. And so, well, mostly the Northern Hemisphere. But... So, and when all those sailors went home, you know, to be civilians again after, especially after World War II, that term probably propagated massively after that because they were all used to using it every day yeah. to talk about gossip. So, that's cool. so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for finding that. Yeah. I appreciate that. And that's, that's neat to know what the scuttlebutt word actually meant and what it was derived right. from. And, but yeah, what's yeah. the scuttlebutt? I love it. I like, I it's, like this one because I, 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 I mean, I usually learn something when I do these, but I, oh, I have yeah. no idea. So, yeah. I, it, to me, it's just a funny word to say, too. You know, like, what's the gossip or, you know, what's the rumor? Eh, what's the scuttlebutt? <laughs> I just love the word. Yeah. Mm, I just love scuttling my butt. All right. I wanted to say really quickly that <laughs> upload season two, I finished it. Only seven episodes. I was very disappointed that it was only seven episodes. That oh, okay. needed to be at least 10. Um, the season okay. one, I think, was 10 as well. It needed to be at least 10 episodes. I, I got to be honest, like I'm okay with seasons not being 23 episodes. I feel like, you know, back in the day when these TV shows would do 23 episode seasons, there was way too many filler, too many filler yeah. episodes. It's just not my thing. Right. So when yeah. seasons drop down to get into more of the, the 16 episode range, I was fine with that. Right. Six and seven. Come on, give us more. I'm sorry. It's yeah. not enough. So I'm a little Ten. frustrated by that. 10 seems to be a, a median range that is super common now. Yeah, uh, I, I like the 10 to 16 though. I like yeah. that. It's, it's to me, it feels right when you do less than that. It's like, you're just, you're kind of leading us on, make us yeah. wait, you know, for the next season to come out two years later. Yeah. Yeah. It frustrates me. And so in this particular situation, I, I didn't like that. 
Um, I didn't think upload season two as a whole was as good as season one. However, I will say this, that, you know, I mentioned last week that I was watching and it wasn't as good, but it got better as the season progressed. And as it ended, it was kind of like, wow, there was kind of a, wow, they went there kind of ending to the episode kind of, oh my gosh, now what? And they left us on a massive cliffhanger. So it better come back for a season three or else I'm going to hunt down Robbie ML because I know him. I know you Robbie coming after you, but anyway, it's fun. It's, 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 it's worth watching. So there you go. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate this. All right. So as I said, Monday, we've got Vincent Puglisi coming in for the interviews and Tuesday going to be talking about Picard season two so far. I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Oh my gosh. A lot. So come join us for that. If you're a Star Trek Picard watcher, a watcher and then uh some more product reviews of course stuff nerds and we're gonna have a good time and then of course we'll be back on friday but captain i gotta tell you this was fun i like having questions posed to us because we get to like it gets us thinking it's not just about yeah. well here's what i can come up with it's about ooh, i yeah. didn't think about that so thank you yeah. captain hammer pants keep it coming it. guys yeah i keep really it like that and then um the other thing that always gets my head scratching is Deep kind of the thoughts with captain influence yeah. When I listen to the birds outside my window, I wonder if they're exchanging scuttlebutt in the trees. Would that be called scuttle branch? I know, scuttle bark would be for dogs. Well, you know what the scuttlebutt means. I mean the music. Wait, Thanks for joining I us. Scuttlebutt meant, but the music <laughs> still eludes <laughs> me, dude. Maybe we need uh, an origin of what the music means because the music I, means? I don't even know what the music means. I still don't. One of these days, we'll figure it out. But anyway, thank you for joining us. It links everything show notes description below have a wonderful week and the real brian show is signing off the real brian show is a production of 514 media at 514mediaempire.com